You are locked into Injection Radio. Fueling you alive with feel-good music on InjectionRadio.com. I'm meant to be used to this. If only you knew what you are to me. You'd understand why this is hard. I'm new to this. You say you don't like feeling solo. We used to just be different postcodes. Now it's time zones, you say. Don't wanna live this life through photos. You say, we're a no-go. That's a low blow, you know. And I don't get it And I'm still 
steady bruising just to save this But I tripped on your love, now I'm addicted And that's all I love, ain't tryna waste it Like we be running them out and never make it That's just too bitter for words, don't wanna taste it That's just too bitter for words, don't wanna face it But I think that I'm done tripping, I'm trip tripping I've been sipping, that's how I control up on the low and get high as hell heaven was a mile away i drove to be beside a girl of my dreams don't lose sleep when you can find yourself might as well close your eyes leave me at the beach instead of pouring out your heart tell me pour some hennessy whilst i'm rubbing on your back your love's rubbing off of me and in these tough times only you can get on top of me surgery i'm your host pretty rana welcome really 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 excited this morning i have kaz fonset i think and i apologize kaz for getting your name wrong this morning sincerely um as i mentioned she has an amazing story to talk to us about um 
she's such an uplifting and truly resilient personality. I don't think I've met anybody as upbeat as Kaz. And I remember meeting her about two years ago, which we'll be talking about a bit more later. Um, but I was taken aback by her strength, how she carried herself, how motivated and dedicated she is to her cause. And of course, how beautiful she is inside and out. And she has a passion for fashion. Um, I don't know how she does everything she does, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. As I said, if you'd like to join us in our conversation today, please feel free to call us on 07-432-362-257. Before I get Kaz to join us, because I know she's with me, um, virtually, of course, um, I just wanted to say that I hadn't really looked up anything to do with breast cancer before. I guess it's one of those subjects I kind of unconsciously avoid. Um, So I just wanted to say that, and Kaz... Um, when she joins me in a moment can probably let me know but I did a little bit of research just to find out that one in seven women in the UK will develop breast cancer in their life at some point Um, breast cancer can cause symptoms such as lumps um, and it's not only um, the lumps are not only symptoms of breast cancer as well so it's important that whether you're a male or female if you do find anything abnormal that you get it checked out Um, and I'm happy to say 67% of breast cancer um, patients survive breast cancer, which I think is great. Um, And you can see how treatment has come a far way, if you like. Um, And also breast cancer mainly affects older women. And that's why this story is incredible because Kaz has had it twice before the age of 35. Um, And men can also get breast cancer too, even though it's rare. Um, Most men who do are most likely over the age of 60. And um, I've got some numbers that at the end of the show I will um, give out. Now, without waiting, Kaz, are you there and can you hear me? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. Lovely to have (laughs) you on. I just want to firstly say, Kaz, I'm sincerely sorry um, no, don't be silly. It's, it's, it's a common thing. I think um, anything with the E at the end of it, we try and pronounce. <laughs> so it's, it is pronounced Ponset, though. You, you did get it right the second time. So uh, no need to apologise. Apologies, Kaz. But I'm so happy that you agreed to come on the show. Um, of because, course. you know, your story is one that's full of many different types of adventures. Um, and it's full of different ranges <laughs> of emotions, Kaz. Mm. Um, yeah. So for me, it's a real pleasure to have someone like you on who's so honest and open. So welcome to InjectionRadio.com, Kaz. Thank you. I'm so excited about today. Well, <laughs> I know you and I know about you. So would you like to tell the listeners just a little bit about who you are? Mm. Is that okay? So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Kaz Bonset. I'm now 35. Um, I survived breast cancer twice. I'm the founder of a charity called Wigs for Heroes. Um, and yeah, my my sort of thing that I do now is create um, sort of digital uh, things online um, and storytell um, and try and raise awareness that way. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I mean... There's more to me than just that, but and there's a <laughs> lovely pink hair as well, Kaz. You like the colour, the pink Say hair. Say that again. 
I said yeah. you've got the fabulous pink hair too. Do you know what? I've always wanted to have pink hair. Yeah. And when I lost it all and, um, you know, through chemo and it grew back, I was like, screw it, I'm just going to do it pink. I've always wanted to do it pink. Yeah. Um, and I just I just went for it. Like, life's too short and all that. So, yeah, it had to be done. And it always looks good, Kaz. That's <laughs> what I think is amazing. <laughs> well, you can't see me right now, so... <laughs> As I said to the listeners, Kaz, if they want to join us, if they've got any questions for you, they can call, WhatsApp us um, or message yeah. us. And the number is 07432-362-257 or there's a messaging app on injectionradio.com. Please feel free to um, contact us on the chat too. Ask me anything. Ask me anything. I love it. I love the way that you're ready. <laughs> so... I'm ready, babes. I'm ready. Shall we get started at the beginning? Because you're saying you're 35 now, Kaz. I'm 35 now, yeah. yeah. So when did your journey and beginning to find out about breast cancer? Oh, no, before I even do that, actually, Kaz. Yeah, yeah. How has COVID been for you? Because I haven't seen uh, you in two years. It's been awful. It's been awful. Um, I lost my mum and my nan as well in January to COVID mm. um, on the same night. Unbelievably, you know, it's just you know, it's it's affected so many people in different ways. Um, at first, it was like, oh, we're at home, you know, we're bored, we're making TikTok videos, we're creating art, we're reading, we're blah blah blahing, and you know, you, you, I thought that we were getting through it. Um, yeah. To, when when we did get to to the new year, I was like, yeah, happy new year. Let's hope it is a happy one. Yeah, we've all you know, made I it think everyone well. was. Yeah, I think everyone was hoping that you know no one in their family would get it and and whatnot. And um, I was absolutely just shocked when my mum did say, "I've got it," and yeah. she was gone within twenty four hours from when oh, wow. she was told she had COVID to the next day she died, and it's just. Yeah, it's really shocking. It's really surreal. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been awful, to be honest with you. But we have to find the light somehow. So yeah. it's, it's just important to just keep pushing and keep going, really, um, and staying safe at the same time. No, I thank you for sharing that, Kaz, because it's not been a long time. And I know that it's really painful, um, you know, and, I, and yeah. I agree. There's many, many of us that have lost so many, I suppose, in the last year or so. Um, yeah but yeah, yeah. my condolences Kaz um, thank you so if we go back to your original journey mm. yeah um, that one yeah one of many tales <laughs> so I, t- I mean I still find it phenomenal Kaz because you always when I speak to you I know that I know we all have moments in our lives where we're mm. not so happy all the time um yeah but I just find it incredible that you're so young yeah, um, I was just shocked when when I got the diagnosis because, like a lot of people, think that you know it's not going to happen to you. Firstly, yeah, you know you always think it's, it's, it won't happen to me. Um, but at my age as well, I literally just turned thirty one. Oh wow! Um, so it was about eight weeks after my thirty first birthday, and um, I was told like, you know, and it was just it was just shocking. And I actually said to the nurse, like, you've definitely got my results mixed up with someone else's. Are you mm. sure? I thought she was joking. I said to her, are you, is this a joke? Like, yeah. please say that you're joking. You know, she said, she said, I'm not. So that was the first diagnosis. That was in 2017. When Does, I was did one, you yeah. have um, moments of like denial? Like just for a brief moment, like, no, this can't be happening. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so surreal because you can't see it. Yeah. And when, when you can't see something, you, you don't really believe that it's there. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while to get my head around it. I was obviously devastated. Um, so for about a week, I didn't really know the extent of, you know, how big it was, if it had spread. So yeah. I, I was in limbo for a week as well. So that, that was probably worse, actually, than waiting for my results originally. Yeah. But yeah, it's just shocking when you're told at such a young age, you know, you've got plans. You're just and... literally just beginning as well. Oh like, my God, yeah. 20s, that's yeah. when we make all our mistakes, right? And we get everything wrong. Yeah. But we have a fabulous <laughs> time doing that. Um, and then when you enter into your 30s, you're like, okay, now I need to think about settling down or, you know, making concrete yeah. plans. Well, it was a day after me and my husband celebrated our sixth year anniversary. So it was oh. like the worst present to to have got you know yeah. most married couples at our age you know we were you know are planning kids and houses and la 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 yeah. and we were you know we were thinking about Glastonbury Festival because we had tickets <laughs> for to like um, the month after yeah. we weren't thinking about cancer no. and chemotherapy and surgery and all the things that you know you, you don't really experience and uh, as such at that age <laughs> just even saying um, that um just brings to light that mm. you know how did your you and your partner cope with it together as well i suppose well it's interesting because um just before i got on you you talked about men having breast cancer and my husband's dad actually passed away from breast cancer wow um yeah so he was the one in 10,000 or no he was a one in 1000 men that get it every year in the UK wow. and he was under the age of 60 um so I think so it was extremely rare then. yeah so it was like for him he'd already watched so many people in his family go yeah. through cancer and he never obviously at our, again at our age we just don't think that that's the thing that we're having to deal with but yeah he was great honestly um people don't realize how much of an impact it makes on partners and yeah. Some run and some stay. And I've heard some horror stories, you know, about people yeah. actually leaving their partners and their kids just because they can't face the realities of caring for someone with cancer because it was really difficult. And I can't even imagine, yeah. you know, what he went through. Yeah. But it wasn't easy. But yeah, um, we got through it twice. That's what I'm saying. Not once, <laughs> twice. Oh, no. And I know that you God. both um, kind of work on your business together. So it's just... I think it's just really beautiful and, um, you know, I shouldn't say that we should give him, uh, you know, give <coughs> him some praise. But, you know, like you said, there's so many other people that we're partners wouldn't stay. Um, yeah. So well done to both of you, really. Um, Thanks. Did you have a lot of friends and family around as well, Cats, to support you both? Yeah, I mean, at the time, I was just so scared about um, germs and stuff because... You know, when you're going through chemotherapy, you have to be careful. So it was very similar to having a lockdown life okay. um, in, in, in a sense where I wasn't seeing that many people yeah. um, and it was from a distance and, you know, I avoided crowds. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of a, a bit of a veteran when it comes to like social distancing. But um, you're, you're, I did have a practiced. lot of friends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just... It's just it, that that's probably why I found lockdown quite easy at first because 
I'd already had that experience. Yeah. Um, but it just dragged on for too long and it, you know, brought up a lot of past trauma, I suppose. Okay. But um, some of my friends stayed and some of them disappeared, to be honest, because they couldn't handle some of it. They didn't know how to speak to me anymore. You know, some of the conversations changed. Yeah. I think it was really difficult for them to see me in that state and not knowing what to say. So they just sort of avoided, like, out of sight, out of mind. But it's not always the best thing to do. But, you, you know, you have to appreciate that. Having people of a sim, Mm? yeah. Sometimes I guess because there's different moments in our life where they have to go, um, and then it makes way maybe for new people. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still friends pretty much with with all of them. I suppose. We don't have that closeness like we used to. Um, but it's important to rebuild, you know, on relationships, especially if they are your true friends. You know, if they haven't, if they have been in touch and they have found it hard, but they have got back in touch or, you know, they are, you can see that they're trying. You have to give good people a chance because, you know, having good people in your life is important. Um, so, that. yeah, I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit um, of a forgiver. You're an optimist. <laughs> You're a proper optimist. I love it because... I think you have to be in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You're right. And I guess we have a lot to learn from you, really, Kaz. Um, do you know what I mean? But, I mean, for me, Kaz, I don't know... I mean, I've had family members that have had um, cancer too. And, mm. you, you know, you, you hear about the chemo and the treatment and, mm. you know, I kind of know that you lose your hair and things like that. But... Uh-huh. When you initially start the treatment, uh-huh. um, what is that like? And how do you how do you know you what feel? I was so nervous. I was just so nervous to be sat in that chair in that chemotherapy unit. Yeah. I was surrounded by older people as well. Imagine like me Majority, right? young, bubbly, you know, sat there amongst people who were fifty plus. I was the youngest yeah. person in the chemo suite. Um, I had my treatment at North Middlesex Hospital in Edmonton. And um, it was just, yeah, it was shocking to say the least because I I went live on Facebook as well with a family group. Whilst you were in the hospital? On my first day of chemo, yeah, because I wanted to show them, you know, how by the time I got to that point anyway of starting chemo, I'd already put my mind into a good place, into a positive sort of place I was ready for it I went to Glastonbury as well I delayed my chemo for a week and just went to Glastonbury and let my hair down (laughs) I think that was Um, that's not a bad idea was it I'm sure no you know it was the best thing it was the best thing spending that time with my friends and um, wearing wigs as well getting used to having a wig on my head Um, why not a festival especially but um, yeah I was ready for it got back from Glastonbury festival and literally the next day I started chemo and it was nerve-wracking as hell. Um, I thought I was going to be sick. You know, you wow. just think chemo sickness, but it doesn't work like that. Like, like they give you so many meds to stop that from happening until like the evening or the next day. So I was wow. expecting to be physically ill as yeah. soon as it happened, but no, it it wasn't. You don't, you're just sat there, and it's just basically like a drip going into your arm. That's that. basically chemo. But then it's when funny it, when it goes into your arm, though. Can you feel anything? No, you can't feel a thing. Um, sometimes it was a little bit painful. Um, it just depends on the temperature of the the drugs that they're giving you. Yeah. Um, but I think the whole situation just gets your mind into the old panic. You know, oh, what's it going to be like? But yeah. you're just sat there, and after a while, you know. 
um, you're just walking around, like speaking to people. Um, I made a group I of friends, imagine, like yeah, some about, oldies. I was going to say, Kaz, I can imagine you walking around the, <laughs> um, just a bit there. Because that's the kind of personality you are, is that you just start talking yeah, to everybody. Got ants in my pants, yeah. <laughs> sit down. I just wanted to speak to people. You're there for about, you know, bear in mind, like about seven hours sometimes. Why? You know, the whole day. Because chemo can take a long time. It has to slowly drip into the system. So they can't just give it to you like a, a, an injection. It has to seep in. Um, wow. So it could take a couple of hours. Like, um, But the whole process from having like your pre-meds and da di da di da depending on how many, um, you know, uh, different types of chemos you're having on that day. Yeah. Because um, there's so many different types and, you know, everyone's got a different cancer. So everyone's treatment is different. And again, not everyone needs chemo, but yeah, yeah you're, sometimes you're stuck there all day. And, you know, there's delays with the meds coming upstairs from the pharmacy. So you get wow. to know people. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was saying before, like I made a, I made some friends with some oldies and yeah. we sat. Um, yeah, the best people because they've got these amazing stories. And, yeah sat there in a room once because we had a little room to ourselves and we ordered McDonald's. Oh, wow. You guys had a lunch going, a brunch going on at the same time. Yeah, like you've got to to make the best again of a situation. You can't sit there hanging your head, you know, in your your hands and and, and hoping it's all over because, you know, it might not ever be. So what happens when when you're faced with that potential reality? You have to make the best of it. So... We made the best of a crappy situation. I really <laughs> like that, though. That's um, that's people coming together in a beautiful way, though. And yeah. That's what I'm saying about you is that you've got that kind of spirit, Kaz, is that you just continue to push on and push upwards no matter how difficult it is. And yeah. that's why I was really glad to have you on because I think it's good to share that, especially Aww. as we've been through COVID. And, you know, I mean, I said to you um, previously that, you know, you're inspiring because just listening to some of the things that you've gone through um, in your life, let alone in the last six months, mm. um, you're still upbeat and you're still hopeful. I think, I think you have to be, you know, like, uh, like I wasn't brought up to, to give up with anything. You know, if things happen, you, you just got to carry on. Like my mum went through the war in Cyprus, like, you know, yeah. such a young age. Like Everyone's going to face something in their lives. Um, no matter what it is, you know, every single person, you know, will have had some sort of battle or life experience, major life experience at a really unexpected age. But you just have to find that strength. Yeah, it takes a while. I I don't just, you know, get told I have cancer and then I'm smiling the next day. It takes a lot of mental strength and you have to, you have to find it and really dig deep and find that Um, it's so important to just not give up. Because there's, you know, there's people that's worse off than you as well. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. Um, it could have been worse. Yeah. So, so I've had two texts. Yeah, go um, for it. One from a David who said that um, he lost his father and sister and niece to cancer. And oh, yours is one of the most inspiring stories he's heard. And he said, thank you for sharing. Oh, I'm so sorry about your loss, David. It's not easy, is it? Like no. when you lose a family member, and you know, it, it cancer is so common. Um, and I think again, with certain communities, sometimes it's just left too late as well. You know, 
I'm from yeah. a Turkish Cypriot background and a lot of the time, a lot of people I've met, um, they get diagnosed really late. Yeah. And I think it's, it's that's really common as well. I don't know, you know, I'm just, I'm not making assumptions here about David, but, you yeah. know, when you hear about losses, it's just, it breaks my heart. It really yeah. does. Because we're not there yet. We're just, we're really not there yet with, with curing it, you know. With some, yeah, you are, but with it's just, yeah. Not. I'm sorry, David, but thank you so much for that. Aww. And I've got another text um, from someone anonymously saying, um, was it difficult to accept support from others in that moment Kaz I think you know when you're so independent um you you don't want to you, you almost don't want to be looked after um but you do want the support I think all I wanted was my friends to just be around me and talk to me and not yeah. talk about cancer um, okay and I think that was that was the only sort of support I needed that mental social side yeah. Um, rather than Let's can you bring me some lunch <laughs> or Are you okay? You Are know, you okay? try some of this turmeric pie. You know, like because <laughs> turmeric cures everything. <laughs> well, I just wanted my friends to be my friends. I like, know it's really yeah. bad. My son says that. Um, Sometimes his parents, all we do is here, have a paracetamol and everything's fine. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, when you when you get told you have cancer, like everyone, bless them, like they think they know the cure for everything. Oh, I read here that, you know, there's a holistic apricot kernels. Did you try like, that? Yourself with those. In the Say beginning, did you try that in the beginning or did you just go, no? Absolutely not. No, I, I mean, I tried to eat clean. Um, so the Believe it or not, for me, I mean, this was my experience. I tried to eat clean for about eight weeks. When I say eat clean, <laughs> no, you know, dairy, no sugars, you know, all the things that the stereotypical things and, you know, the, the myths that are out there. I, I yeah. tried all of that in eight weeks. It was so stressful. <laughs> Looking at the packs of everything, you know, I drive, drove myself insane, but yeah. I did it. I did it for eight weeks. Yeah. And I thought I was, yeah, you know, I'm going to beat cancer because I've changed my diet. Yeah. Um, and then they told me just before I, so just before you start chemo, if you've got a, if you've got a cancer that you you have a tumor with, so like breast breast cancer, yeah, you know, you, you have a tumor. Um, they put in like a little clip the yeah. day before or the day of your chemo, so they can assess how um, how much it gets, you know, smaller by um, with okay. your doses. Anyway. So they're measuring, so they put measuring the clip it. In. Say that again. They're kind of measuring it. That's right. That's right. But then when I went in after eight weeks of supposedly eating clean and curing myself of cancer, they told me that my tumor had grown by another, um, what was it, like half a centimeter or something. What? Yeah. And I was like, screw that. I'm, I'm literally having McDonald's if I want to eat McDonald's. <laughs> like, I just can't keep up with this. Yeah, I tried, but um, yeah, the, the chemo affects your taste buds and if you can keep food down, props yeah. to you. You know, like, I, I get that some people want to take that holistic approach and, you know, really eat clean throughout but I just found it more stressful. I'm Turkish, you know, we eat kebabs yeah. all the time. Stereotypical. Well, grilled meats. Like we, Grilled meats, you know, Mediterranean diets. <laughs> yeah, and it's, so about, was, like, it's the most healthiest, no? Yeah, I mean, it is healthy. Like, I cut out certain, like red meats and stuff, but just because I didn't really eat red meats, I was like pescatarian at the time. 
But I just oh, started wow. eating chicken again because my nurse said you're going to need the protein. Like you're going to need you're going to need energy. Yeah. Um. So and the iron. So I would maybe start eating chicken if you can. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> oh, I did. So I did. No, I like that. I like the fact that, because um, I guess these are conversations, Kaz, that people don't normally have. Or, no, like, they I don't. feel like I've not, yeah, because I feel like I've not had the opportunity to um, speak to yeah. somebody and ask these level questions. Um, you can honestly ask me anything and I will tell you about it and I'll tell you the truth as well because um, you, we do hear so many stories and, you know, we, we do hear that um, having, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not a fan of eating healthy and having good put good nourishment and nutrition put into my body because of mm-hmm. course I am like everyone else we want goodness we want goodness on our skin for mm-hmm. our hair but I'm just saying that you know some people um won't tell you how good McDonald's will taste when you're having <laughs> 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 so you know when you're going through chemo sorry this is just me being yeah. nosy Kaz um yeah be nosy, how girl, many be nosy. how many weeks did you have again of chemo I had six months of chemo okay originally but in total my treatment was 18 15 months I think 18 months yeah wow. um so that includes your radiotherapy your immunotherapies chemotherapies so it's not just chemo there's you know there's about three four stages of trying to get rid of it maybe more for some people um maybe less um but yeah mine was about 15 months of treatment in total in total yeah so how many times did you yeah um so you know when you start the original chemotherapy i suppose if i'm right Mm -hmm. Mm um is that the stage that you start to when is the stage that you start to lose the taste in your taste buds and um, i lost my taste buds almost immediately um, as soon as it the, started. the very next day, uh, water tasted like garbage. It was just Ooh. sewage. Like, honestly, it tasted horrible. I had to start putting lemon um, slices and things into my drinks just yeah. because everything just tasted different. Yeah. Um, come, I'm like, I'm Turkish as well. Like, hummus, yeah. hummus yeah. started tasting awful. I had to avoid it. Like, wow. I was so angry. Olives, yeah, all those, all like, the good um, stuff good stuff the things I loved I started to hate um but I lost my hair probably about 12 days after chemo 12 days um, yeah it was really quick and what really did quick. it did it literally just come out and then did you shave it off yeah so it oh god my, I remember this pain my my scalp was just in agony it felt oh. bruised um and I started noticing some shedding but I wrapped my hair yeah. Uh, in, in a scarf just to avoid watching it fall out yeah because I was um, going to say that must have that's the mortifying bit as a woman isn't it is I it's mean, the reality of cancer you, you know you start becoming a patient yeah. at that point you know um, I, I could deal with the hospital visits and you know not looking like a cancer patient but as soon as my hair fell out yeah that was it that that I was the cancer patient um, and it was, yeah, I, I, I tried to avoid it until it got to a point where I f- could feel it like falling out um, yeah. just because of the tingles and the pain and um, my hair just was matted, so matted. And I called my husband's uncle yeah. um, who was, you know, he past life was a hairdresser and okay. we had a shaving party and you know, cut, my, cut my hair and played the, you know, 
song I am not my hair <laughs> in the garden and got a bit emotional but my friends shaved their hair off too oh um, wow in you know like a act solidarity, of solidarity. Yeah. yeah it was beautiful um even one of my girl mates as well she cut her she cut her beautiful little afro off and I was oh. gutted I was like oh my god I can't believe you're doing this she's like I've had my hair shaved before <laughs> <laughs> So it's not a thing for me. You know, I don't mind doing it for you. And I was like, oh, I can't oh. it. But that's oh, what I think just... so beautiful, Kaz, is that, you know, even in shaving off the hair, you guys had a party. This is what I'm saying about you guys. Yeah. Oh, God, um, yeah. You know, the celebration yeah. to life is just, like, incredible yeah. in the story. That has to go on as well, you know, because life does go on, um, no matter what happens. But it, it was really important to mark certain moments you know um and losing your hair is like collateral yeah you know I always say that I swapped my hair for life um and I was really lucky to have got that in the end because uh, a lot of I've probably lost over 20 friends now to cancer because when you're in that community you know you meet people at the hospital you, you become friends with them because it's a shared experience you're going through a similar ordeal yeah um and you you sort of cling on to people who understand and that's when you know a lot of friends they don't get it so you can't really talk about what you're going through with them um but the people at the hospital the friends online that you make they get it Um, they're going through a similar experience right yeah and when you're jumping from almost one circle of friends to another um there's one of two ways that it could go with the other circle of friends um, and I, it, I wasn't prepared for it, and you know, I lost a couple of friends who I thought, you know, were, were in a similar situation to me. But um, I, you, know, you have to count yourself lucky. But this is the thing about raising awareness and catching cancer early, and if if it can be treated. And um, I'm a real big advocate for for checking yourselves you know and just getting to know your your normal because if anything abnormal happens you'll know yeah um yeah it's just crazy actually you just reminded me actually we've got about five minutes Mm -hmm. before we go to break has um Mm -hmm. how did you find it because i i've always wondered this i know this must sound yeah i mean i've heard so many different stories of how people have found theirs um and it was just my, mine for me. I was I was really tired for a good six months. I was having four strong black coffees every day. Like I'd come into work, and the girls yeah. at work would have my black coffee ready for me on my desk. Wow! And because they knew I was just tired all the time, so I'm you know trying to take iron supplements because I'm slightly anemic. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I was like, oh yes, yeah, just down to down to that. Um, and then I started getting shooting pains into my breast. Okay. And I was like, oh, oh, I kept kept getting it. And I was just like, oh, maybe, you know, my mum flees, um, putting it down to that. Yeah. And then I was showering one one morning and um, it happened happened again in the shower. And I felt, I went in and felt that area where I had the shooting pain. Yeah. And I felt like a lump, like it was like a muscle type thing and I checked the but other was side it of obvious, I, like, on the other side. I always think like, it was not no it doesn't stick well mine it didn't stick out or anything I didn't have any other sort of symptoms other than the shooting pain and then the bump when I found it okay um 
that I was really check, like going in and checking. And it felt like it was part of almost like my rib. Yeah. Um, and it felt really like solid almost. Um, and I just, like an idiot, I left it for a couple of weeks thinking, oh, it will go down. Yeah. No, but um, I think we all do that, Kaz. Yeah. I'm so silly. But yeah, eventually I went to the doctors and thankfully there was like a, a locum doctor who, who who didn't even question she's like i can feel something there but i'm not even going to try and guess what this is so i'm going to refer wow. you and within within a week i had an appointment for an ultrasound and they did a biopsy on the same day i knew something was wrong from when they did all of that running wow. around in one appointment um yeah and yeah i had stage two um, cancer so mine did actually spread to my lymph nodes um, oh, wow. in my in my armpit area um but yeah it turned out that I had a cyst right next to the lump as well so that could have been causing me the pain so actually if it hadn't have been for that cyst. pesky little cyst I might never have found it wow Kaz yeah. well we're gonna go for a break but yeah. when we come back Kaz there's so mm-hmm. much more to talk about now as well. Because <laughs> I'm going to be... take a bite of my peanut butter toast. So yeah, yeah. Please have your breakfast, please, and we'll be back on the other side. Um, but okay. I thank you, Kaz. Um, this is the You're thing welcome. I think we were talking about yesterday: is that it's not just the fact that you you get um, breast cancer once or twice, but it's the other bits that come with it. So just knowing there was oh, a God. cyst as well, it's like, oh my God. It's all that follows, as yeah. they say. All that follows. It's never one thing, is it, Kaz? Never <laughs> oh, one God, thing. Never, um, never. But thank you, Kaz. We're just going to take a short break. And we'll have cool. some music and we'll come back on the other side, my darling, yeah? Okay, my lovely. All right, thank you, <laughs> listeners. We shall be back. You are locked into Injection Radio, fueling your life with feel-good music on InjectionRadio.com. Get on your feet and live, nothing about strength and blessings I bring. And this one for all of my queens and kings, we are royalty, you may know them thing. I feel like the world really needs some change, this can't be right, whole thing feels so strange. Right now, all that we need is love, some empathy, yes, this You find out what you're really worth Then you go hard and you 
surgery this morning with me your host pretty Rana and I have a wonderful guest with me this morning Kaz Fonset I hope I said that correctly <laughs> this time <laughs> you did <laughs> and I just wanted to say I made sure I tried to get in the tracks this morning that you wanted Kaz oh do you know what that's put me in such a good mood <laughs> Good. That's honestly my morning song. I told you that as well. It's like that that's the song I play most mornings to get out of bed. I love it. And I had to oh. play that and I did also, because I know we're gonna talk about it in a little while. Um mm. Etta Bond as well. I played that earlier on. Um mm. her song Holiday. That was that just kind of I think wrapped it up for everybody. We all wanna get away and we can't, can we? Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> So, Kaz, we've been talking this morning about breast cancer and your journey into that. And, you know, you spoke about earlier on how you got diagnosed at 31 Mm -hmm. um, and you went in for treatment. And that's where we've kind of got to, you know, talking about the different people that may have left you at that point and people that joined you, new people that you met too. 
Um, mm. And you were just talking before the break about how you actually found the breast cancer and mm-hmm. getting it checked out. And then you said that it wasn't just a breast cancer, but there was also a cyst. Yeah. And yeah, that was just powerful for me. It's it's just mad, you know, the whole when you when you recap like that, <laughs> you know, it's like, did I really go through all of that? Yeah. Oh my lord. You know, it's it never lot. ends. <laughs> No, but at least you're here still smiling and lo- laughing along with me. Um, that's oh, something no, you're you tremendous. To, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely tremendous, Kaz. Um, so, what is it that? Because I did have another question actually from a Nathan who was mm-hmm. asking. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to get to the message. I think he was asking, um, what. Where did you? Where did your strength come from to overcome that first initial diagnosis oh. and treatment? Do you know what? Um, I think it was. I, I actually spoke about this not too long ago, and um, and I think it was um, when I actually told my mum and dad because as soon you know I got told and I'll cry my eyes out and I was in yeah. this little room for about three hours at the hospital after I got told I just couldn't leave. I felt this tremendous... Oh, do you know what? It's When the nurse told me, I felt this sudden attachment to her. um, Because I just felt like, you know, she she knew everything that I would be facing. And, um, you know, I don't don't know what it was. But I I then turned around to my husband. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to tell my mum and dad? Yeah. Like, how am I meant to tell them this? Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, hi, mum and dad, you know, I've got cancer. Like, how am I supposed to do this? So I think just putting myself together and really just drying my eyes and making sure that I didn't show weakness um, because I didn't want to worry them. I I really did not want to worry them. You know, it's the last thing they they needed to deal with um, was seeing their only daughter um, going through this. Um, so That's I waited powerful. a few hours and oh yeah, I went went to my parents' house and they knew I was going for tests and stuff. Yeah. So they had an and, idea um, that there might be. We were hopeful that it, it was nothing. Yeah. That it was just a cyst or something. But I think in the back of our minds we we knew that it it could be cancer. Yeah. Um because I was of, you know, a certain age now. And, you know, despite the fact that we always see breast cancer or we always seem to see breast cancer in older women, yep. it, it was a possibility. My, my, my dad's brother um, was diagnosed with leukemia when he was 25. And this was over 30 years ago when my uncle passed away. But he had wow. it for 10 years. So, you know... I was just dreading telling my dad because it was always a possibility of having cancer at a young age. Um, But I think that's the moment where I I realised that, you know, I need to be strong for them because they're the ones that are going to be facing sleepless nights every night, worrying about me. Um, They're going to be constantly buzzing around and trying you know trying to do things and I think just the torment and worry and stress of your child yeah Yeah, I don't have kids but I I can only imagine like um, what it would be like so I think 
that's where the point of putting myself together and I did cry you know with my dad but I just tried to just stay strong when I when I told them I'm like because my dad walked in the door and he, from work we were waiting for him and he said um, so what, what, what's the what, what is it then and, yeah. and I said it's cancer and he just had a breakdown and I just tried not to break down with him yeah but I said it's fine you know um I'm still waiting for the results and we don't really know anything and blah 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 and I think just yeah making sure I wasn't sad and depressed and and looking too stressed out in front of my parents you know keeping strong for them that's that's where it it, it was always from my parents you know my parents raised me to be a fighter and I, I wasn't very good at maths and all these <laughs> subjects <laughs> but the one thing I was good at was was holding it together that's um, um that's amazing because you know, you're going through so much anyway, and I'm sure there was an element of shock, numbness, mm. all these range of emotions, loss, um, yeah. and then trying to keep it together as well for those around you and the way that they yeah. may handle it as well, Kaz, is a lot. That's a yeah. lot to emotionally and mentally and physically go through. Yeah, um, yeah. like, you know, my mum my used to call me every night, um and asked me how I was and I, I used to lie you know I used to say I'm fine I'm having a really good day mum even yeah. though I was feeling really suicidal and depressed yeah I was like mum I'm having a really good day I, I'm a, I feel fine I don't feel sick or I'd be like oh I've been a bit sick today you know because she was still going to work she was trying to get her mind off of it I didn't want to have those intrusive thoughts run through her mind because she's a worry you know a yeah. warrior she was a warrior um in to you know <laughs> she was a warrior as well but yeah she she worried a lot um naturally but i just i just kept it from them in that way um when i wasn't feeling great just just because why would i want to keep them up again you know why would i want to add any more fuel to the fire Wow. Um, and did you get yeah. any support yourself, Kaz, at that time um, for your kind of... Um, Mental in, health? Yeah. Do you know what? They didn't really offer me much in terms of mental health support until after, believe it or not. What, the so, first treatment or did you have to wait till the, the second? Yeah, like the first, the after the first treatment, like imagine my, my hair started growing back and that's when I started my my therapy sessions and the the problem with the NHS is that you know that they they'll try and do all the best things to to help you fight the cancer but when it comes to the other things yeah. they're really not the best at um I think they're getting better yeah. and they're they're starting to realize that you can't just drop you know patients patients off like it that's it you're done see you later yeah you know, there's this aftercare over. yeah you need this aftercare service and care service throughout yeah. so it's not just about placing them on a wait list or um sending them on their way with a few leaflets it's really just checking up on people and making sure that that they are seeing someone um or you know they are in touch with groups or you know but did they did the they Macmillan's need. trust not support you yeah it was it was Macmillan that supported me mainly um, okay and 
yeah, they, they were great. Um, but I feel like it just wasn't at the right time. It should have probably been a little bit earlier. When do you think but, that um, the emotional kind of support should have kicked in, Kaz? Straight away from when you're diagnosed. Um, because I, I, you know, I didn't want to lose my hair and I initially refused treatment, believe it or not. It took me wow. about a week to to not be stupid and say yes to chemo because, yeah, I, I was 10% of people that actually refused treatment altogether because of, you know, the, the fear of losing their hair. I mean, I think from when you're diagnosed, you need some sort of support. You need someone to at least check in with you. Um, but again, there's not enough people to do that. There's not enough services. There's not enough funding. Yeah. Um, all these niceties <laughs> but you know this is um, this is good to have this conversation though to know that you know oh, really that, that support's not there because you had mm-hmm. um you've got a beautiful family and you've got your partner and mm-hmm. you know you've got friends as well and i'm imagining there may be some people out there that may not have that so um oh yeah you know i met so many people again you know you meet a lot of people on the chemo uh, in the chemo unit yeah. I met this one guy from Tottenham yeah. um, I'm like wow you basically live near my old house Yeah. Um, he didn't tell anyone that he didn't he, tell he, anyone that he had cancer he didn't tell his mum he didn't tell his sisters wow. um, he lived alone none of his friends knew he's like I don't want to tell them I don't, I don't want I, they don't need to know yeah. and I'm like listen you need to speak to someone because you're you're li- literally living a lie. Yeah. This is your life. He had terminal cancer as well, oh, um, wow. so he didn't know what was happening. He was just waiting from treatment to treatment to see if there were any trials, and he was on a trial, I believe. Wow. Um, but it, it, it's stories like that that you'd hear, and it's like, wow, I'm so lucky yeah. to have who I have. I'm so lucky that my mum is offering to cook for me every night, even though I'm telling her that mum just make whatever you want don't ask me what I want she was phoning every day to say what do you want today just oh, make whatever no but it's helpful <laughs> you know, right lucky. at that moment oh yeah you just don't have any energy you just want to walk to the fridge grab something and eat it you don't want to stand there and cook yeah um bless my mum but yeah some people didn't even have that so I don't know how they do it yeah I don't know how they they are doing it yeah um and there are still people who who have this immense amount of shame when it comes to having a diagnosis in certain communities. Yeah. They don't want to tell anyone because it's almost like they're tarnished now. Um, they're, they're no good. Yeah. Um, but that's maybe it's because, really sad. Um, maybe because we don't understand enough about it, Kaz, because I think... That's right. You know, I do that's know exactly people that have lived with breast cancer and survived, like yourself, but a bit older than you. Um mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing the willpower and determination you guys have mm-hmm. um, in not letting it beat you, I suppose, to an extent. Yeah, um, yeah. But for me, you are the youngest person I know who's gone through Really? It. Yeah, definitely. Um, wow. So I think that's phenomenal. So, Kaz, um, what, when, what happened the second time? Oh, God. I, I went to Turkey, right? Yeah. <laughs> In September, just after my treatment had ended, I just celebrated 
yes, I've just had my final treatment. I'm going to Turkey. My friend's getting married. We're going to have a great time. Um, And then I started getting tired again. And um, so I didn't have a major surgery. I only had the lump removed when they, they did the surgery for me. And I started noticing that my boob just didn't look good. It looked a bit red. It was aching. Um, I felt like the scar tissue for where the the spot that they did remove the lump was just getting hard and bigger. Okay. And I was like, you know, this, this something's not right. So I got back from Turkey and for months I was going back to my breast care nurse and I was saying, there's something wrong. There's just, I, I don't know what it is, but there's yeah. something wrong. And they kept putting it down to, oh, it's the radiotherapy. You know, the effects of radiotherapy can last up to two years. So you might feel pain. You might still feel a bit meh. Um, so I left it. And then I kept going back because it started just, I, you know, when you just know, you've yeah. got that gut feeling. Yeah. Um, I kept going back. I kept going back. I think I went back about four times before they actually referred me to my um doctor again four times four times so from around october to yeah i i i got diagnosed again in january of 2019 after all of that so was that like the Um, year after about six months after i finished treatment can you believe it six months after i finished treatment and I was mortified. I was, it was worse than being diagnosed the first time. Um, I, I just, I froze. I I couldn't move off the chair. I couldn't hear anything they were saying to me. I was screaming. I said, after all of, you know, after all of that and it's come back, like, what did I do wrong? Um, What, what did you do wrong? What? Yeah. Who got um, this so wrong? Like, how? How did I go through 15 months of treatment for it to come back six months later? Like, what? You know? Um, It was so hard, pretty. Honestly, it was so hard dealing with it. Just even hearing about it, Kaz, is hard. And especially, like, you know, in that six months, you're like, yes, I've done it. And, you know, I was celebrating life. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Um, I just. But you know, when you when you get it the first time, you always have the worry and the fear that it will come back. But you never think that it's going to come back like six months later. No, <laughs> just, yeah, trust it to be me. Um, but yeah, it was it that was the worst. That must have been the hardest time though, Kaz, for a little while after that. Oh, it was, it was. I at this point, um, I openly talk about it anyway. Like I wanted to kill myself. I was like, I can't go through all of that again. Like yeah. I just can't do it. I can't do this. You know, people kept saying, you, you, like, you're like Bruce Lee. You, you'd beat him before, you beat him again. It's like, nah. But like, you know, on. it's the fact that you actually know what you're going to go through this time. Exactly. Whereas before, exactly. you're kind of not sure, you don't know, and it's first time experience. That's exactly it. Oh. That's exactly it. There was no the fear of the unknown it's the fear of the of the known i knew exactly what i had to go through and it will probably be worse this time and you know when when cancer especially breast cancer when it comes back yeah you have this uh you know dread that it's going to be worse uh it's going to be incurable um luckily it had 
contained to that same area of where it was the first time. It hadn't gone anywhere beyond that point. Um, So I count myself very lucky that I was persistent, that I raised my voice. Yeah. Yeah. Because it could have gone the other way. Um, and a lot of a lot of women I know whose cancers had have returned have have been, um, you know, metastatic. Like it has gone to several Very different rich. places. Yeah, and um, again, I had to wait another week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow! I had to go through all the testing again, all the bone scans, brain scans, you name it, scans. Um, and yeah, I was I was very fortunate that it was a local reoccurrence, um, yeah. and it was treatable. Um, but I would have to do chemo again. But at that point, they had just introduced a scalp cooling machine, so I wouldn't lose my hair. That's what I was going to ask around. about because I know they had uh, yeah. some kind of um, correct. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is just what I heard. It's like a cap. Mm-hmm. Um, that keeps that's exactly it. Keeps the hair cold, the head cold, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And keeps the it's hair... freezing. Oh wow! It it actually feels colder. Um, well, actually, I'm not going to lie. It's freezing. It's a freezing cap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, like a swimming cap. But does it feel um, good? Like because you were saying earlier on that your no. scalp was feeling irritable, maybe a bit itchy. No, no, no it was horrendous. I don't know how I got for it, to be honest. I was having weekly chemo um, the second time around, so I had to have this bloody hat on end, like, wow. um, for how many hours on end. So what the the idea is it it's designed to be so cold that it reduces the scalp temperature by only a, a few degrees. It doesn't make it like zero degrees because, you know, you'd die. Yeah. Um, but it goes so so cold that it cools down the follicles so that when you're having chemo so it's designed to be given to you whilst the chemo is being administered but it skips those follicles so it you know because the 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 chemo goes to follicles um and fast growing cells but if if it's frozen it won't affect it so the idea is that you you freeze follicles it skips Um, And it worked for me. It doesn't work for everyone and it's not suitable for everyone. So it's designed to be um, given to patients who have got solid tumours. So your blood cancers and leukaemias and things like that, it's not designed for. Um, So anyone who's got a tumour will will be able to benefit from from it potentially. but yeah, you could still have hair loss, you, you, but you can keep up to 50% of your hair. And having 50% of your hair is better than no losing hair. it all, in my opinion. You know, yeah. when I was told the second time, I was like, if I, if I can keep 50% of my pink yeah. little pixie crop, <laughs> um, yeah. then I'm going to try and keep it. Why would I not? I was the fa- first patient to use it as well. Oh, was you? So it was, yeah, it was so it was like new, the universe. I was the first patient to use it at North Mid. Oh, wow. Um, so it was like meant to be, you know. Yeah, um, no, and I'm so glad I, it worked as well for you. Yeah. Because I think I'm at so, some so point glad. you need little wins, don't you? Just little wins. It changed everything. It changed everything. The whole experience, it was so different from the first time round. Keeping your hair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like I just can't even describe it. Like, um, 
it was just keeping a part of me um, and the new me because losing your sort, sort of identity throughout the whole process when you do lose your hair you do feel like you lose a part of yourself yeah. but when it grew back and I dyed it pink I'd really found my style almost yeah. and the, the new me I was so happy with myself and the way that I looked because you know everything started growing back and I, I felt more confident and um and yeah it was just wow if I got to keep a piece of that yeah then you know why why wouldn't I go for it and th the thing is when they told me the second time I was dreading losing my hair again I was yeah. like I can't I've just grown it back what like, do you mean I've got to go no. through chemo again yeah wow. but I was so, so lucky incredible journey though Kaz and um Nathan has texted me again with a question Hi, to ask you um what can someone do to uplift themselves if they are in a dark place or feeling like giving up Kaz I think it's important to go through the emotions. You know, if you're going to feel like down and sad, feel those feels because you can't be a superwoman, superman, super person all day, every day. It's, it's, it's important to go with those emotions. But I would say um, what I did pers personally, I put up quotes in my house yeah. um so like the, the first thing even now it's still here like I've got a framed quote that yeah. it's the first thing I see when I wake up it says you are alive today um I would say take it one day at a time give yourself one thing one task to do a day and try to do it even if that's going for a walk and getting some fresh air it's an achievement yeah. and when you when you when you do do the ticking off of your list of that yeah. one task you feel a sense of achievement and it's really important to feel of value to feel you know like you're worth something to feel like you're useful and if you can't be those things to somebody else you have to be those things for yourself um and you know I felt useless as a friend as a wife as a daughter for so long yeah. during cancer um it was so important for me not to feel that way and really switch it around and just try and do something like for my mum yeah. um, rather than my mum doing everything for me do something for you know my friends and and whatnot and um it's it sometimes is really if it's so hard yeah. then you need to seek some help because there's nothing wrong with picking up the phone and speaking to someone. Yeah. Even if you want to cry to somebody that a total stranger, yeah. it's okay. And we need to, again, we need to normalize the fact okay. that it's okay not to be okay, as cliche yeah. as that sounds. Um, and it's okay in some of our communities to say that it's okay to talk. And especially if you're yeah. talking to professionals remember it's confidential it's not going to leak and seep back into our communities yeah. and our uncles and our yeah. aunties and our cousins ain't going to know um mm. and i think the more we talk um and i think people only realize when they do it themselves that it brings us it brings a form of freedom and release mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. us um and you almost stop carrying as I like Erica Badu says, every time she talks about bag lady, I keep thinking of everybody yeah. in their black bags behind them. Yeah. Why are you going <laughs> to hurt your back? But Kaz, you know. we're going to play some music and come back. Um, Let's do it. We've got our final 20 minutes to go and we're going to find uh -huh. out more about what you're doing now and how I met you. Is that all right? Okay. Of yeah? course. 
All right. Let's do it. Brilliant. I will see you back on the other side. And listeners, if you'd like to call in or text us or ask has any questions in the final half an hour, um, the number is 07432 362 257. See you back in a moment. It's 2021. Time to bring the light in. We're going to bring the light in, you know. DJ Khaled, I see you. Cooler Dre, I see you. Christine Jewelers in the building. El Boogie, Lorena, Terrell, it's the fly. Let's get it. With that OG crack Straight savage when I got my 50 on Do the douce when I touch a deli on She got a man and he's stuck in the feds Said he gon' kill me cause she up in my bed We wear chains at the site, the knocks Only G7s when the flights depart Stash pesos and Turks and Caicos Dapper dead on the first to break those Not back to Caicos Throw your rollies in the sky, my guys will take those Lower east side, I'm up in NY See me on the floor with OB courtside Baddies on deck, you know I'm loving them Still in the meeting with Khaled Another one Laying on that sunshine, boy, I think I need that back Can't do it like that No one else gonna get it like that Never too much, never too much 
Welcome back, listeners. I am with the amazing Kaz on set this morning. Are you still with me, Kaz? Hello, hello. I'm here. I hope you're having a good time, Baze. <laughs> I am indeed. Feels like I'm on a date. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a virtual <laughs> date online. <laughs> you know that nervousness. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. Um, at least, you know, what? half the nerves, I think, is when you're here in person or we're doing it in person. It can make it a little bit more nerve-wracking. Mm. But, yeah, it's been strange because I've been doing this virtually um, from our start. Well, so it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it might be wow. better if we were in person, to be honest. Um, yeah, even... I mean, it's always nice yeah. to be in the presence of other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Next time. But um, I love the fact that, because we've had so much to cover. Um, I'm just very mm. aware we've got a short time left. But I just wanted to say that I met you two years ago. Um, yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe I was actually there myself um, at a <laughs> menopause event. Like, work sent me packing to go and advertise our services. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to a menopause event. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I did because that's where I met you. That's where we met, yeah. And even... Met that part of um your story that people don't think about um mm-hmm. was incredible um do you want to tell the listeners why you were there Kaz? yeah I, I was there because you know on top of everything else um i was pushed into a medical menopause um during my cancer treatment yeah. so it, you know i wanted to preserve my fertility as much as possible really because you know you lose so much hair eyelashes yeah um, potentially having kids um so they they pushed me into medical menopause so they gave me this drug like injected into my stomach every month it was like a little rice grain like so it slowly released a hormone to to stop everything to freeze um my reproductive system if you like but you know whilst doing so it it pushes you into menopause so i was having like night sweats and changing my pajamas like 10 times every night and misting my face you know in the middle of the night and smacking my husband because I was just tossing (laughs) and turning and you know I was it was hot it was horrendous yeah um it was temporary yeah but it was it lasted for months and it, it just drove me insane um but yeah I had to endure that on top of everything else because you've had the chemo and then you have to go through yeah. like I'm not being funny I've seen some of my <laughs> friends go through menopause and I'll be honest yeah it looks frightening some yeah some. it is and do you know what the fact that I've got to face it naturally at some point as well is just oh my god well, I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> I don't know if, if having the experience the pre-experience was any helpful because then you know what's coming so I don't know Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing prepares you for that wave of heat. You just feel like a burning phoenix. Like this this heat that just comes from the inside and you can feel it happening. It feels like a fire, a really fast fire starting inside of you. And it just just goes everywhere. And my face was just going red you know, in the middle of a conversation. And when you're stressed or when you're anxious, it it makes it worse as well. 
Um, so props to women like who are still going to work and having to deal with that, <laughs> you know, at the office in the middle of a meeting or whatnot. It's 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 horrendous. It it, it definitely horrendous. does look horrendous. I have to say, I've, I've experienced <laughs> colleagues um, going through that, and I'll be honest, Guys, it's, it's yeah, actually if, frightening. If you know anyone going through the menopause, please just be please just take be, time. Be polite. You yeah. know, I, I've been educated as well. I'm never, ever going to be like, oh, she's having a hot flush. <laughs> you know, like, and not understanding it because it's it's, it's the worst thing. <laughs> I have to say, so that's when I thought you were, uh, that's, that's where I met you and it was just, I couldn't believe you was talking about menopause at your age. It was incredible. I think half the women was, who were sat yeah, there we who had gone through their menopause are like, what? What's a medical menopause? <laughs> yeah, we, um, I'd so never heard about, of it before. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's just about educating people about, you know, one of the other effects of cancer. And, you know, some people, um, unfortunately, are pushed into a medical menopause permanently because, you know, they might have a hormone... Um, imbalance? Like, so some people have a hormone-related cancer. Mine oh, okay. wasn't, like, luckily. So I was able to come off of that um, drug, but some people even way after they've finished cancer treatment, they still have to be into that for, in that forced menopausal sort of state for wow. the next five to ten years to to keep the cancer from returning. Um, so you know there are young women who are in this medical menopause for potentially the rest of their lives now. So wow. you know they're faced with um, you know infertility issues um, and all those other concerns and. Um, yeah, it's just, it's awful. It's a lot. But, Kaz, I'm going to move us swiftly along. Um, Let's go for it. Because we need to cover an important subject and we've got only mm. a little bit of time left. Um, okay, so, after all these series of... Um, <laughs> Unfortunate <laughs> events, yeah. Yeah, happening. <laughs> um, it led to a beautiful place at the moment, mm-hmm. if I'm right in saying. So, yeah. you have a charity called Wigs for Heroes. Mm-hmm. And I think the concept is amazing. And Kaz, I really am dying to come and have a go at putting wigs on. So whenever you're ready, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I How mean, we don't have we don't have the wigs, you know, with us. I know. Okay. I do have a few though in the office. So please come <laughs> and visit me. Um, Tell me about Wigs for Heroes, because we haven't really spoken about Wigs for Heroes. Um, How so, did it start, begin, and what do you offer? So basically, when I was told that I'd lose my, you know, I'd lose my hair, I asked about wigs and prescriptions and you know NHS wigs and what they could do. And I've said this before, they pulled out these three Halloween wigs out of a box <laughs> and said, "This is the type of wig that you know we can help you with." And I was, I was just mortified, you know. Yeah. I thought, "I'm oh great, I'm gonna look like um, a serial killer, you know, from <laughs> somewhere up north, you know." Uh, it just, just horrendous and I started questioning like wow is this is this what women get yeah um how much are wigs I didn't even know you know I I never wore wigs before how much are Um, wigs they can cost about three four five hundred two thousand pounds you know um how long's a piece of string that's the question um for a good wig as well you know medical grade wig you're Mm -hmm. looking at at least two three hundred pounds um and you know I was I was faced with the scenario of being forced to stop working, you know, like a lot of people, being on sick pay and whatnot. Um, And after speaking with a lot of women, um, I 
I found that half the women at the hospital weren't wearing wigs because they couldn't afford either it. afford it or they didn't like their NHS prescription wig. Um, and it was just sad, you know, and I, I started fundraising, to be honest, because I didn't really know what, what was out there. The hospital's communication was quite bad. Yeah. Um, so I started fundraising in the hope that I could get this money to the women at my hospital. Yeah. And it was probably a month after my first diagnosis that I started Weeks for Heroes, never anticipating that it would become a charity, yeah. never anticipating that I'd be helping a minimum of like 40 people every single month with Wow. You know, just making them smile with a little pamper bag, gift bag. Yeah. But whilst I was on the chemo unit, you know, I said I, I used to walk around speaking to people. I started giving yeah. out gift bags to people and I really just saw their faces light up. And it just made me feel like, wow, this is, I, I'm going to do this. You know, yeah. I'm just going to help people. And helping people helped me get through treatment. Yeah. And yeah, so now we, we have got official charity status since 2018. Mm. Um, I've just moved into my second uh, office now from yeah. a little box room. We've actually got a proper office. And just to say, Kaz um, moved in last weekend, literally. We did, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's 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 a, such a nice place to be. Um, it's inside the Turkish Cypriot Community Association in Green Lanes. Um, but we 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 currently help um, people at North Mid with um, wig grants. Oh, so wow. what we can do is for people who are struggling financially, who might be in between, you know, work issues and whatnot, yeah. um, who want a nice wig but can't really afford it, we we give you a grant uh, up to three hundred pounds um, to spend at Hair to Wear, who are the partners of the, uh, who's got the contracts going for the NHS and 11 hospitals in the area. Wow. And, um, we, we do like a week, weekly wig series as well on Instagram on wigs for heroes, just giving women advice about wigs, tips, yeah. styling. Um, I give out pamper bags as well. So items are donated or bought from our wish list. Um, so every week uh, we send them to the hospital and yeah, events, coffee clubs, virtual meetups, um, wow. in any way that we can support people, that's that's what I'm doing now. Um, and it just feels amazing. So Kaz, if um, anybody wanted to get in touch with you, yeah, how can they get in touch with you? Whether so they can... And I just want to throw can, it out there, not just... Yeah. Um, individuals that may be looking for your services but if there's any other mm -hmm. services out there as well that may want to partner or support you because um oh, as a charity you know we, we were saying how difficult it is and you know oh, we need resources yeah. but um first how can people get in touch with you so people get can get in touch via our website so www uh, i don't know if i said too many w's um wigsforheroes.org um, or Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. So I um, sort of tell my story through pretty photos of fashion. Yes. But I try and tell my story differently um, and not show you all my surgery sites and drains and, you know, crying. You know, I try to be upbeat about it and really be realistic um, in my approach, uh, yes. but also not to scare people because it is scary and when I first joined the online world and community I was just so mortified by the realities of it I just I was, I was so scared and I was like if any young person comes across my own Instagram I don't want them to be scared about yeah. cancer I want them to know that there is hope 
But I suppose that's the whole point of Wigs for Heroes, you know, it's giving people hope that they can still be themselves. Um, but yeah, when it comes to charity support, you know, the past year has been really difficult. We've not had any fundraising activities whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and it's the goodness of people's hearts that they're, they're trying to do something and, you know, donating to us on a regular basis. If you're a creator, you know, if you print quotes, if you make anything, get in touch because you know, we fill these bags with feel-good items yeah. um, for people to take home. And, um, yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to do any fundraising events um, in honour of Wigs for Heroes, that would just be amazing. Is there a contact number as well, Kaz? Or is it just best um, to go through the socials? At the moment, it's socials because we're connecting our phone lines. We do have a mobile number, which is on our Facebook page. Um, okay. I can get it for you because I'm always having memory problems. So I don't and remember, guys, remember. Wigs for Heroes. Um, uh, our, our number is 07895134679. But yeah, you can you can go on to um, our Instagram, which is where we mainly have, you know, built our community um, and have, con- you know, have connections and um, with our heroes and supporters. Do you also and have like a, from you. do you also have a GoFundMe page, Kaz? No, because we're a registered charity now, we took the GoFundMe page down because okay. they take a massive cut. So we're oh, okay. actually uh, registered with uh, CAF, okay. um, where we pretty much keep 100% of uh, donations. So if you do visit our website, there's yeah. like a donate button um, and you can donate directly to us um, with no middleman taking money out of our pockets or your pockets. I love it. Um, and I want to encourage um, listeners, if you do get an opportunity, please do go to Wigs for Heroes um, and please do donate if you're able to. If not and you're creative, then please get in touch with Kaz and see um, how you can support women that are living with cancer too. Now, we support men as well. We oh, wow. Men as well. If they, you know, um, I think a lot of men are put off by the idea of like piece, hair pieces, but um, <laughs> honestly, they're so good. I they are so good. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, but there's other solutions, you know, and we do give advice and we have men speak out about their hair loss and, you know, just again, raising awareness that men fear things too Um, they go through ups and downs Um, our ambassador Julian um, he's a brain tumour hero and he's been battling for the last couple of years but he talks openly about you know his beard and his hair and um, we support anyone anyone that wants to support but it's not always about funds it's about just raising awareness of who we are raising our profile if you can help in any way we are so appreciative of that I love it, Kaz. Um, as usual, especially when I've got a wonderful guest like on you, like you, Kaz, um, we're running <laughs> out of time. Um, I wanted to ask uh-huh. you as a final question. Do you have any yeah. key messages for young women or women in general, men? Just, I, I think, you know, like just be really aware of your body. The same way you look at your face and you might see a spot in the morning. Yeah. Um, and you, you know that that wasn't there yesterday, you should be like that with the rest of your body if you can. You know, there's certain things that you might not know why that pain is there or, you know, you might not know why that lump is there or you might check your boobs every month and yep. 
just know just knowing yourself the way that you know your personality you should know your body as well and um i don't ask people to check their bodies to find anything <laughs> it's just to make sure that you don't have any anything pop up and if you do you you'd know that that wasn't there yesterday so to speak so um it's just really important to know yourself and be aware of your bodies and please don't put off going to a gp because yeah. people are scared yeah. you know the amount of calls i've had from people saying because i found a lump but i'm really scared to go to doctors yeah. it's like what why are you scared to go to because they might tell me it's cancer it's like well would you would you like them to tell you it's like it's spread all over your body or yeah. you know i really put the frighteners in some people no but it's true go. though because we kind of put it off thinking that oh you know just unconscious just consciously as human beings we just put the problem to the side and actually you're yeah, right we need to stop doing that, that we get, really to need to worse. stop doing that and if you feel in your gut that there's something wrong but the doctor tells you otherwise just keep pushing fight just fight 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 you know be your own advocate um and just get to know your bodies because you know it's our temples and we need to look after it and know it and i just want to let people know that um there's breast cancer now um who are available Mm -hmm. on 0808 800-6000 you also have um, breast cancer support who are available on 0300-808-0900 And then you've obviously got Macmillan Cancer Support on 80808 808 Kaz? Yes, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I want to... I, I don't even know how to thank you, Kaz. Um, you know, just to let you know... You can thank when... me with a coffee. We'll have a coffee one day. Yeah, because I can come down because you're around the corner to me at work. So I'm excited to do that. There you go. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, everything's opening up. Green Lanes looks thank like it's, it's having fun right now anyway. Yeah. Um, but I want to sincerely thank you um, because you're such a beautiful, humbling, inspiring individual, Kaz, for me. Um, As are you. As are you. Oh, thank you, but... I just don't feel that way. I just feel like you being able to share and be open about such personal experiences um, uh-huh. is such a beautiful thing, Kaz, because that's just like you're absolutely raising awareness everywhere you go. Yeah. And the way I see it is if, if one person checks themselves, goes for their cervical screening mm-hmm. or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If one person does that, then I've, I've done my job. I've potentially saved someone's life. I love it. So. I love it. Um, but yeah, I thank you. We're out of time. And I um, just want to let the listeners oh, know that next week <laughs> from Monday, it is actually Mental Health Week. Um, there are loads of things going on. Please have a look around your local areas. Um, you'll see that it is the focus this year of Mental Health Week is on nature. Nature, so yeah. I want to encourage all of us to get out there next week and appreciate the things we did even during lockdown, Kaz, I think. And even in the rain. Yeah. There's nothing more lovely than walking with an umbrella and listening to the little raindrops on your umbrella. I love it. But Kaz, from me, sincerely, thank you for coming on the morning surgery with me. And I just want to let the listeners know the wonderful DJ Clive Bailey is on next. And I wish everybody a spectacular weekend. And thank you to my guest, Kaz. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.
Raised by the city Thought you would give up on life, you never did it And you stayed so pretty Lord knows, only the Lord knows I ain't been through so much, but you keep it so cold And you hold it all inside, you don't let a thing go I know that you see it all, but you still never told Every once in a while, I wonder what's behind your smile And the days I've seen you laughing, do you wish that you could cry? I don't know who told you what you're going through, you gotta hide Be keeping your secrets, get you the strength when you're weakest. Picture Rick Ellen can be high. He's in the sand at the beaches. You say you got a man, don't believe you. How could he ever mistreat you? Girl, I love all of your features. Well, what the time I Yeah. Uh-huh. 